Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show celebrating... Bob the Cat. Bob! Oh, I love it. My name is Greg Tupper. Oh, that's wrong, Greg. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Game Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or listening to us after the fact on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast menu of your choice. By the way, Pickle, today, I have an assignment for you. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to, you're going to record the new podcast intro. Oh, okay. Remember, I put that on your radar about a week yeah. ago. We're gonna make that I happen. can do that. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there is the very thrilled, just happy to be working, love her job. <laughs> Dutch to the dork, she's Ashley Pickle. Howdy. I do like my job. Yeah, I know you like your job, but it was like, the fact that like I said, I have a task for you, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> It's been a morning. Yeah, <laughs> it has been a very busy morning. Mm. Has it? Yeah, yes, quite literally, yes, it has. What have you been doing? Everything. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Today's Thursday, October 1st, 2020, 55 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1039. 1039, the number of RBIs for Rafael Palmero and his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, friends, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we'll do it live. We're gonna have our week our week six viewing guide. So if you are looking, mm-hmm. if you wanna if you wanna park yourself on the couch, and order a bunch of food, and 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 hydrate, we will tell you how to do that, responsibly and effectively with beer. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I did. I'm gonna own up to that one. We'll tell you that week six viewing guide coming up. We'll talk with the El Paso gets going this week. We'll talk with the head coach of the El Paso Montwood Rams, Coach Ariel Famaligi, uh, about his Rams and their big opener against El Paso Burgess tomorrow night. Then we'll have the picks, my high school football predictions for week six of the Texas high school football season. We'll round it out with America's favorite segment, the return of free money. No. Uh, but first, let's talk about your TV setup. Can we talk about first four through the door? Oh, Let's talk about first four through the door, and then let's talk about your TV setup. Yay. Um, it was me, Daniel Agnew, Andrew Christensen, and Rob Hadaway. Welcome in, fellas. Okay. Now viewing. Hi, guys. Now, tell me about your viewing situation, because you... Uh, did you put that on the gram? Did you put that on the... Oh, yes, my viewing situation. Yeah. I didn't know you were directly talking no, to me. No, no, no. Yeah, your yeah, girl this upgraded. Is a, this is a good segue into the viewing guide, because you are now, I would say, very well equipped to execute... What we're going to say is our view. Yes, absolutely. I uh, yesterday came in from Amazon. I ordered a projector. 
mm-hmm. for for my place. So yeah, it is really stinking cool. Yeah, it was fun to watch the finals on it last night. It gets up to like 210 inches, and I've got a giant wall for it, so Ye- it's awesome. Um, I don't think you want people following you on Instagram. No, but um, you you at least put it in our Slack mm-hmm. and. It was impressive because she had the 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 big screen like the wall, mm-hmm. and then she had this this other this second screen right here. And the second screen, you're thinking, oh, she's got her laptop up. Yeah, it looked like a, like a nice laptop. No, that was a 32 inch TV. <laughs> it was it was yeah. It's it's really stinking cool. <laughs> yeah. So you are you're living your best viewing life right now. Yeah. Proud. It, great investment. Yeah. How much did it cost? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, it was only right around 100. And I did, I, it was super on sale, Man. first off, and I did my, re, being, you know, Mrs. Technology, I did my research, like, to find the best one, and I was very pleased. Man. Yeah. I. It's I so worth it. It's Man, cheaper than a if TV. I, if I didn't have a wife and a kid. Yeah. The other thing is, too, I literally, I bought that, and then I bought a Roku, and it just, the yeah. HDMI cord hooks right into it, and I can I'm sign a, in through my cable on that. It's phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm a Roku guy. Yeah. I'm definitely a Roku guy. Okay. Hi. Let's get to our week six viewing guide. Here is what you are going to watch this weekend and when. Um, because we've got the viewing guide up on texasfootball.com if you want to watch for the Texas high school football games uh, uh, that you want to watch this week. And again, for if you're just joining us for the first time, hi, uh, you've stumbled upon something Nonsense. that is just, you, you, you're going to regret it. But <clears throat> we are working under the assumption that you have a maximum of three screens at your avail at your at your, pos- at your disposal. Okay, uh, we're working on that. We're we're working on the idea. You have TV, laptop, and phone. Okay, maybe you have more. Good for you. We're only going to give you three options. Okay, let's start with Thursday. Thursday night action. There are, I believe, look one, two, three. We got six games streaming tonight, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend. Uh, it's on Texan Live. I think Klein Collins and Galena Park North Shore is probably the best game. It's our first look at uh, at Klein Collins. North Shore coming off their big win over uh, Shadow Creek last week. Interesting to see how they bounce back. If you're looking for elsewhere, Four Pen Marshall is in action tonight against Four Pen Elkins. It's a six o'clock game, I believe, their season opener for the Buffs, as well as a couple of big games in the San Antonio area. San Antonio Johnson, and San Antonio O'Connor is the best game in the San Antonio area. Uh, those are, and there's a bit of a staggered start there. Marshall gets going at six. San Antonio Johnson and O'Connor gets going at six fifty. That's a seven o'clock kickoff, and then uh, <laughs> and then seven o'clock North Shore. The technicality, yeah. So, uh, well, it's like you know, like they're they're like the Rangers always have like seven. Oh, five. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you knew this. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the Chicago White Sox sold their uh, first pitch time? No, I did not. They sold it to 7-Eleven. That's why <laughs> their first pitches are – their home first pitches are always at 7-Eleven. That's so smart. Holy sponsorship. Get that money, <laughs> playboy. All right. Let's go to Friday. Friday, big game. Big slate of games. Yeah. Uh, I believe we've got a grand total of uh, something like 40 – 35 or 40 Friday night games for you to stream on texasfootball.com if you go there. Here's what I want you to put on, the, again, we're go, working on this assumption, big screen, medium screen, small screen, okay? Your big screen game. Your big screen game, I want you to do Carthage and Pleasant Grove. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I want you to do Carthage and Pleasant Grove. 
Um, this is uh, uh, th this is an, an elite tech, East Texas clash. Is number one versus number two, the defending 4A state champs going at one another. They played last year. We thought that it could be a matchup of eventual state champs. It was. This year it will not be a, a matchup of eventual state champs because they're both in Division Two, but mm -hmm. it could be a preview of the state championship game. Remember, Pleasant Grove's in uh, District 8, so I'll do it for the camera. Uh, District 8. Carthage is District 10, which mm -hmm. puts them in Region 3, which means they can meet in the state championship game. Big, big game in this one. I would put that on the big screen as Carthage and Pleasant Grove. On your second screen, I would put the game that Pickle is going to be at. Pickle doesn't have to pay for the stream here. No. Uh, she gets to watch Taskseed and Allen in, in person. Mm -hmm. And... This is all about the streak, right? These are two contenders, two bona fide contenders in 6A. Um, and it's a task to trying to do what nobody else has been able to do, mm -hmm. which is knock off Allen at Eagle Stadium. 48 now. Which Park. I actually have a... F I did the math. Mm -hmm. Hang on, you can keep talking. Let me find it real fast. Um, so I did the math and I looked up, like I knew that they were undefeated at Eagle Stadium, mm -hmm. but I wanted to see how long it had been since they had actually lost a home game, uh -huh. and that came in um, October 29th on in 2010, so technically they have not lost a home game in 3,627 days during like the regular season. Yeah, it's been 10 years. So that's... <laughs> and they lost a home game in 10 years. Yeah. And, and they've opened a new stadium since then, and so yeah, big big game there. I think, I think Atasca 2 has got a great shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see who I picked in the picks coming up here in a moment. That's a lateral tease. But, um, yeah, that's that's on your second screen. And on your third screen, you could go with Ryan and Geyer, but I'm going to tell you um, I'm going to tell you to put on Justin and DeSoto. I like that. And, and here's why. It's a first look at both of these teams. There are – Judson is a team that we know now almost nothing about because they had a tumultuous offseason of comings and goings uh, and, you know, two guys who were supposed to be key transfers for mm -hmm. them in, in Jordan Battles and LJ Butler uh, were both ruled ineligible. So we don't really know what we're getting from Judson. DeSoto, the early returns from what we've talked about from, from folks is that this team is legit and this team is going to be a problem down the road. So keep an eye on this, Judson and DeSoto. So that's my three-screen attack. I literally talked to Coach Mathis this morning and he is so hyped to yeah. be back on the field. He should be. He should be. Um, yeah, so there is there is that. That is your Friday viewing guide. Move to Saturday, matriculate to Saturday. Obviously... Um, we're, we are in a good spot for the college ranks because they are pretty well staggered. Okay, there's kind of a there's kind of a log jam at two thirty. You're gonna have to pick one, but I think there's an obvious pick. In the morning, <clears throat> in the morning, turn on TCU and Texas. Um, that game's at eleven a.m. at DKR. Um, TCU going on the road, trying to bounce back after mm -hmm. their first season opening loss. Texas trying to shake off whatever that was last week and uh, got a win, but. <laughs> Trying to trying to make sure they 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 don't do that again. So uh, I would say the morning game turn on Texas and TCU. Afternoon game it's got to be A and M and Alabama. Uh, it's number thirteen versus number two. Uh, this is A and M looking for their signature win um, on the road. Big underdogs, but a chance to pull off the upset if they can kind of round things into form. The talents there just got to make sure they round it into form. And then the nightcap there's only one option that would be Southern Miss and North Texas. I would almost tell you to two-screen it and go Southern Miss, North Texas, and on the other screen, go with Civil of Steel and San Antonio Reagan. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, 
out there. So that's what I would uh, do for your Saturday viewing Plazor. Of course, you have uh, all of these links at texasfootball.com on our week six viewing guide. Uh, it's how to stream a bunch of games for Texas high school ball all around the state in week six. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. <clears throat> I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, years worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com. I definitely gave you the right number. This is this is ridiculous. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. I gave you the right number. Come on, Couch. Uh, Textable.com slash subscribe. Become a Dave Campbell's Textable Insider. <clears throat> Textable.com slash subscribe. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, you can help support this show. If you like this show and you want to help make it happen, uh, we do have we do have salaries that get paid. And and it, part of that salary is paid by subscriptions. And so if you go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe, you can help keep us employed. And if we stay employed, we'll keep doing this show. Which I guess might be a reason for you not to subscribe if you hate this show, but then why are you watching it? Something to consider. Anyway, texasfootball.com slash subscribe to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Pickle's going to continue to try to get Ariel Famaligi, the head coach of the El Paso Montwood Rams, on the phone here in just a moment. Yeah, I will send you the number again. This is the number that I texted him on yesterday. And here we go. Um, anyway, so let me tell you about the Whataburger Super Team. TexasFootball.com is where you can nominate players for the Whataburger Super Team. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Whataburger have teamed up for the third consecutive year to give fans the opportunity to honor the best and brightest stars in Texas high school football with the 2020 Whataburger Super Team. Here's how it's going right now. We are in the nomination process. So what we need for you to do is to go to TexasFootball.com and nominate what Texas high school football players you think are worthy and deserving of being on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Whataburger Super Team. We then take all those nominations. Every Texas high school football player in the state at every level is eligible to win, eligible to be on this, this team. We then take all those nominations and we call it down to a ballot of 300 players. 300 players. We then leave the voting up to you at texasfootball.com, and you get to decide who is on the Whataburger Super Team. So, texasfootball.com to nominate your players for the your favorite player for the Whataburger Super Team. Pierce, we're having trouble to get uh, Ariel Famaligi, the head coach of El Paso Montwood, on the horn. So, we're going to do a quick flip. Week six of the Texas high school football season is rapidly approaching. In fact, it starts in about a couple of hours, uh, and there are huge games all across the state. I made some predictions. I guarantee I got at least one of these right. Here is the picks for week six of Texas high school football here on Texas football today. It's week six of the Texas high school football season with big games in every corner of the state. These are the picks. Welcome to the picks presented by Visit Arlington, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And it's kind of hard to believe, but the small school ranks 4A through 1A in Texas high school football. This is the midway point of the regular season. Week six, uh, you know, there's 11 weeks, week six, right in the middle. 
Uh, and so, yeah, things are starting to get pretty tight in the small school ranks. The big school ranks, of course, enter week two, and a number of 6A and 5A teams will be playing their first game of the season. That's going to make things extra exciting as we head into October. So, huge games all across the state, but we start in DFW. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Allen's Eagle Stadium. DFW takes on Houston as the Allen Eagles welcome in the Atascacita Eagles. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, who's your quarterback? And that's a question for both teams in this matchup. For Allen, five different players threw passes in their season opening win over Plano East, but it figures to come back to two guys who are competing for the job. Will it be the transfer Jake Wolf or the transfer General Booty doing the signal calling for the Eagles? And both look pretty sharp in their game over Plano East. On the other side, a task seat must replace star quarterback Bryce Matthews, who is off to the college ranks, and they feel like they've got a good guy to take the snaps here in Gavin Sessions, but this will be his first start of his career. So, with two teams with a quarterback position in flux, who steps up big? Key number two, a task seat is offensive line against Allen's defensive line. And this is going to be one of those take-your-eye-off-the-ball type games where a lot of the game will be won and lost in the trenches. A task seat has got a terrific offensive line led by superstar prospect Cameron Dewberry at the tackle spot. This is a guy that every recruiter in the nation wants on his side. Going up against an Allen defense that is kind of reloading right now. They only bring back one starter from last year's team, but there's high hopes for guys like Link Smith at the linebacker spot. This front seven for Allen has to do a better job of slowing down Atascacita than they did against Plano East in their opener. So when the Atascacita offensive line meets the Allen defensive front, what happens? In key number three, the streak. Allen has never lost that Allen's Eagle Stadium. They're 48-0. Never lost a game there. And that's something everybody knows. Okay, That's not a secret. That's something that Texas high school football coaches talk about. In fact, if you go back to last year, Dickinson came to Allen under the express purpose of breaking the streak. They wanted to be the team that knocked off Allen at Eagle Stadium. But Allen's also 48-0 at Eagle Stadium for a reason, which is that they're exceptionally hard to beat when they're on home footing. So... Can Atascacita do what nobody else has done and break the streak? Who am I picking? I'm going with Allen. You don't pick against the streak, and I'm not going to pick uh, the Allen Eagles to lose their first ever game at Allen's Eagle Stadium. A big reason why is the playmakers that they have in Bryson Green and Blaine Green. They are two outstanding wide receivers who are going to make their presence felt in this game. Furthermore, they do have an advantage in that they've played a game. Yeah, it wasn't perfect against Plano East, but they do have a game under their belt. This will be the first game for Atascacita after a long road trip, mind you. Now, I think that the key for Atascacita in this game is going to be on the defensive side. Can they turn the ball over, get a couple of stops, and put the pressure on Allen, make this young Eagles team start thinking about it? That's going to be key. Can Atascacita play from ahead? But for now, you don't pick against the streak. I think Allen moves to 49-0 at Allen's Eagle Stadium. Let's go to the South Plains. 7 p.m. Friday night at Pirate Stadium at First United Park in Lubbock. It's a big-time clash in the Hub City as the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs take on the Lubbock Cooper Pirates. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, the Sawyer Show. Let's talk about Sawyer Robertson, the quarterback for Lubbock Coronado, who may in fact be the most underrated player in the state of Texas. He's a three-year starter there for the Mustangs, and last week he became the 108th player in UIL 11-man Texas high school football history to rack up 8,000 career passing yards. That's really impressive. And furthermore, he's gotten better every single year and, and seemingly every single week. He has a tendency to step up in the big game. Well, this is a big game. 
What does Sawyer Robertson have to say about it? Key number two, Cooper's lockdown defense. Is Lubbock Cooper the best defense west of I-35? I mean, maybe. This defense is really good. Linebacker Kobe McKenzie and Kyler Jordan at the defensive end spot lead an absolutely ferocious defense that shut out Amarillo Caprock last week. Heck, Ryan Fife had two safeties in their win last week. Uh, this is a defense that is absolutely loaded and figures to be one of the very best in the state. So, what do they have to say about this game? And key number three, oh yeah, the other side. So, there's going to be a lot of focus on the Lubbock Coronado offense against the Lubbock Cooper defense, right? Because that's the marquee matchup. But obviously, there's going to be a whole other side to this game. And I think that it's going to be pretty interesting. You know, Lubbock Cooper's got a great quarterback in Cooper LeFevre and a strong running game led by Cutter Douglas going up against Nigel Braithwaite and what I think is an emerging and improving Coronado defense. Now, look, they are not the superstar units on their respective squads, but they're pretty solid. Good enough to take them where they want to go. So which of the off units can come up with the big game? Who am I picking? I'm going with Lubbock Cooper. I think the Pirates come away with a win, obviously on the strength of their defense. Kobe McKenzie is a superstar right there in the middle of the defense, and I think that they're going to be able to at least hold down what is an explosive Coronado attack. The other side is where I think Cooper may have the advantage. I think they're going to be able to balance their offense with Cutter Douglas and Cooper LeFaber, have a little bit of traction against Coronado. Obviously, Sawyer Robertson is entirely capable of taking over this game, and that would not be a surprise at all. But I think this game is very close coming down to the wire, but I think Cooper comes up with one extra stop. Give me the Pirates. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Bearcat Stadium in Alito. It's a 5A clash between the Alito Bearcats and the Frisco Lone Star Rangers. And two teams that had very different experiences in their season opener. For Alito, they ran away from Weatherford. And that's not necessarily surprising. They looked fantastic. JoJo Earl is a superstar. It sounds like they've moved DeMarco Roberts, their outstanding cornerback, to the running back spot. That seems like a pretty strong choice. And they are working in a sophomore quarterback in Brant Hayden. What he does down the road figures to be a big factor for the Bearcats' title hopes. Going up against Lone Star, which didn't have an awesome time in week one. They lost to North Forney. Uh, now, I think that North Forney's a pretty good team, and I think that we probably shouldn't necessarily bury the Rangers after one game, but they got to get this running game and this defense going around quarterback Garrett Rangel. Can they do that? Going to Alito is a tall task, even when you're clicking on all cylinders. I think Alito moves 2-0. 7 o'clock Friday night at CH Collins Stadium in Denton. Denton ISD supremacy will be crowned as the Denton Ryan Raiders take on the Denton Geyer Wildcats. Believe it or not, this is the first time in five years that these two teams have played, and we are in for a fantastic strength-on-strength matchup. Anybody who saw what Denton Ryan did in their opener against Arlington Martin had to come away impressed by their defense, led by Ty Marsh and, of course, Jatavian Sanders, who was a freak show on both sides of the ball. Going up against Denton Geyer, who, of course, ran to a state championship game last year, now under new coach Rodney Webb, and he does have quarterback Eli Stowers back. You remember he was injured in the title game last year. He is back, apparently healthy, and cooking again. They've got an outstanding team surrounding him as well. My question is going to be on the other side. What happens when the Denton Geyer defense goes up against what I think is emerging as a pretty strong and at least dynamic Ryan attack? That's where I think the Raiders have a small advantage. I think this game's really fun and could get very heated, but I think Ryan moves to 2-0. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Hawk Stadium in Texarkana. How about number one versus number two in 4A Division II as the Carthage Bulldogs visit the Pleasant Grove Hawks? This, of course, is a matchup of the defending 4A state champs here, Carthage in Division I and Pleasant Grove in Division II. And look, there's a fair chance this is the first of two meetings. 
You know, they, they could meet in a state championship game, especially if they're number one and number two. All eyes in this game are going to be on the offense for Carthage going up against the Pleasant Grove defense. Of course, the Pleasant Grove defense features Landon Jackson and Nick Martin. On the other side, Kai Horton and Mason Courtney showed no signs of rust last week in their win over Gilmer. I think this game's really interesting. I'm also intrigued by the chess match from the coaches. Knowing full well that there's a chance you're going to see each other again, do they have a little bit more of a vanilla game plan? It's going to be very interesting to see, but I think Carthage goes on the road and gets a win. But those are far from the only big games in week six of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. Lake Travis starts 1-0 with a win over Round Rock Westwood. Give me Centerville to beat Jewett Leon. And one of the great rivalries in Texas high school football, I like Stephenville over Brownwood. Crosstown showdown in the big country, I like Abilene Cooper over Abilene. Give me Argyle over Melissa in a battle of unbeatens. And Newton gets past Anderson Shira. Corpus Christi Cal Allen beats Kerrville Tyvee. Marshall beats longtime rival Longview. And give me Wimberley over Alice. We get to see a number of teams for the first time this year. I like DeSoto over Converse Judson. Welcome back, El Paso. I think El Paso Americas beats El Paso Del Valle. And give me Duncanville to win their opener against South Oak Cliff. Cedar Hill starts 1-0 with a win over Arlington. Hondo stays undefeated with a win over Comfort. And I like Tyler Legacy to beat Tyler in the Rose City rivalry. El Paso Burgess beats El Paso Montwood McKaney. Beats Petrolia, and I like Beaumont United over Port Nature's Groves. Jordanton beats Poteet. Give me Cibolo Steel to bounce back with a win over San Antonio Reagan. And Galena Park North Shore keeps rolling with a win over Klein Collins. Manville over Crosby. Sabinal over DeHennis. And I like San Antonio Johnson over San Antonio O'Connor. I like Austin Westlake over Hewitt Midway. Give me Wink to beat Crane. And in the Battle of the Bell, I like Cameron Yeo over Rockdale. Huge game in the panhandle. I like Canadian just barely over Spearman. Give me Hallettsville over Jim Ned. And Wichita Falls Hershey beats Lake Worth. I'm taking Gunner over Bells. Give me Lubbock Monterey over Abilene Wiley. And San Antonio Madison beats Smithson Valley. I'm going with San Antonio Brandeis over San Antonio Harlan. Hamlin beats Winthorse in a battle of unbeatens. And Joaquin stays hot with a win over Garrison. Two big-time matchups in the Houston area. I like Shadow Creek over Bridgeland. And give me Spring Westfield over Fort Bend Hightower. Vega beats Clarendon in our six-man game of the week. I think Lamisa Klondike stays perfect with a win over Whit Harrell. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week six of the Texas high school football season. Be safe, wear a mask. We'll see you. There it is, the picks for week six of the Texas high school football season. Um, at least one of those games isn't happening. But uh, <laughs> hey, I guarantee you I got at least one of those right. So we will find out. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's bring in the head coach of the El Paso Montwood Rams. We are joined by Coach Ariel Femaligi. Coach, how are you? What'd you do, Pickle? Coach, Coach, do you read me? Yes, I'm here. Hey, what's up, Coach? How are you? I'm doing all right. Great. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent. How are things in beautiful El Paso, Texas? Oh, beautiful weather. Nice and warm, ready for uh, football kickoff. So you, you mentioned that ready for football kickoff, and, and I know that there were a lot of 
coaches around the state who were wondering and questioning and worried about whether or not we were going to have football at all this season. And El Paso kind of even more than most, you know, a place that's been pretty hard hit by by the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, right. Now that it is here, uh, what is the vibe around the field house? What is the vibe around the team now that you finally made it to game day being tomorrow? You know, it's it's funny because um, you know normally preseason right right around the time before the first game where we're looking at preseason rankings, we're looking at what people have slated, you know who who uh, who are the the teams to keep an eye on that kind of stuff, and and really uh, this year is kind of different because we we really don't care about any of that, you know our guys are just excited to go out there and play, um, and so you know it's just a feeling of overwhelming excitement. Um, uh, a little bit of 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 kind of a, a disbelief, like uh, you know, we'll, we'll believe it when we kick off type of thing. <laughs> but um, you know, now yeah, we're, we're just we're just looking forward to getting on the field and and, and excited to to kick off what 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 we hope to be, you know, a complete eight game season. And so, uh, yeah, we're just we're just we're just happy to be on the field, Greg. You know, you, one of the things that I think is 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 so challenging for coaches this year is is keeping your 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 kids focused, keeping your guys focused when it's such a moving target down down the road. You know, I think it's easy whenever you say, "Hey, guys, we're kicking off on August 29th, like you know, the normal off season. Right. Let's, let's go through the paces. Um, but how how have you worked towards keeping your guys focused when there has been so many unknowns uh, for the future? Well, it started in March, you know, when the when the shutdown happened. You know, we we, we talked to our kids from the very beginning um, when that happened. You know, we feel like we were the first team to get going with virtual workouts. Um, the first opportunity that we had um, that UIL let us do it, and that our our uh, our um, athletics department allowed us to start kind of meeting with our guys virtually. You know, we jumped on that opportunity right away, and so we've told our guys from the beginning. That, that we're two steps ahead uh, of everyone else. And that's kind of been the driving force. You know, we've, we've told them we're ahead, let's stay ahead. And so throughout all the the postponements, throughout all the, the moving targets that have happened, you know, we, we've just told our kids that, hey, remember that we're ahead. Remember that we're step two, two steps ahead of our competition. And, uh, and we don't want them. We don't want them to catch up. So that's kind of been the motivating factor, the motivating driving force in our kids is they wanted, you know, they they, they felt like we were ahead, and they wanted to stay ahead. So um, we've always operated with a, a certain level of, of of hope and belief that that the, that the season was going to happen. Uh, we didn't really allow ourselves to start thinking, what if it doesn't, and there's a chance that it won't, uh, because then that that would affect you know, our work ethic and the things that we were doing, because it's tough doing virtual workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough getting on there and 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 having the self-discipline to bring yourself to the computer every day and, and, and bust your butt and get yourself tired and worn out when you don't know, you know. So our kids, you know, we've always operated with the, with the understanding that, yeah, we're going to have a season. We don't know what it'll look like when it'll happen, but we're going to have one and, and we're going to be two steps ahead when it happens. So that's kind of how we operated this entire time. Talking with Ariel Femaligi, the head coach of the El Paso Montwood Rams here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation and hashtag TF Today. So, so then, Coach, you, you're now on the precipice of, of the season. You guys are kicking off tomorrow. Uh, but uh, do you have a feeling, you know, throughout the course of workouts, throughout the course of, of the offseason, um, you know, you guys were a playoff team last year, uh, returned 10 starters from last year's playoff squad. Um, do you have a feeling quite yet 
on on what this team is going to be about, where the the twenty twenty Montwood Rams are are, are going to hang their hat. Yeah, uh, we, we we definitely have a feeling. We know what we have um, on our team. We know what we're bringing back. We feel like we have um, a, as good a, a receiving core as anyone that we'll ever that we'll see any opponents that we'll have. Um, we we really really like our receiving core. We think that they're um, they're all experienced. They all have um, great athletic ability. So we're gonna have um, athletes spanning the width of the field, and we have a quarterback battle that you know, under normal circumstances would have played itself out by now, but uh, without spring ball, without preseason and, and things like that, um, you know, our, our evaluation is going to continue into the first game. And so we're going to go in with, you know, two quarterbacks. They're going to, they're going to split some time and they're going to battle and, um, you know, we'll, we'll determine, we'll, we'll see, uh, see if that determines itself um, in, in this first game. But, um, you know, whoever's in there, a quarterback's going to have a wealth of weapons uh, at their disposal. And so, you know, our eyes are, are on, uh, you know, we came up short. We lost our the district championship game last year to Americas, and our focus has been on taking that next step this year uh, to becoming the district champions. And then, of course, you know, going off and making uh, making a run in the in the Texas State playoffs. And so, you know, um, we, we feel like we're primed to do that. And we like where we're at. We like our team. We, like, uh, we have great chemistry. Our coaches have been doing an excellent job. So we like where we're at. We like our outlook for the 2020 season. Uh, you you take a look at your schedule, and you mentioned it's it's uh, it's a truncated schedule. You guys have have eight games on the schedule, and and what that means is that in District One Six A, that means you got a non district game this week, and then next week, next time you're on the field, it counts. Next time you're on the field, they're taking on Franklin uh, in in a conference or in a, in a district game. Does right. that does that change? how you guys go about business at all, knowing full well that you're not going to have what, what's normally about a three-game lead-up to district season. Does that change your what, what, how you guys prepare, how you guys go about things? Well, it, it accelerates um, the, the evaluation process for sure. Um, usually, you'll have three games to, to kind of you know, give guys uh, some playing time and, and you know, get your depth guys in there and, and, and evaluate that and see where you're See if you have any guys that can potentially move into the starting lineup, you know. So, you know, basically everything's just going to be shortened as far as that's concerned. And, um, you know, we're going to have to figure things out pretty quickly in the course of uh, one game, you know, because then we have, like you say, we have uh, district the following week, the district opener the following week. So, you know, the evaluation system, the evaluation process is going to take a hit. But um, you know, we hope to get all, all of our kids in there and um, and and get some kind of a an evaluation done on them so that we know what we have going forward in, in some of the some of the areas that we have question marks. Uh, and, and Coach, you know, uh, speaking of, of the season opener, it's tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Mountain Time out there at Mustang Stadium. You guys are going to take on Burgess, uh, a, a squad that you guys haven't played since 2017, uh, won the last two against them. Uh, I know that neither of you guys have any tape on one another. So, right. uh, so you know, what what I don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you're up against tomorrow night, what, what do you see? Oh, well, I see a team that uh, has some very talented football players, um, very, very good football players. You know, they, they've got, you know, uh, their running back, Tavares uh, Jones, has been getting SEC attention and offers from the SEC schools and big-time schools. So, you know, uh, that's as good of a player as we could hope to play against them, and we embrace that. You know, we, we, we look at it as a challenge and an opportunity to to test ourselves against a very quality opponent. And, 
And, and of course, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they have they have some excellent players as well. Alex Marenko's a a big time linebacker for them. He, he doubles as a receiver for them also. Uh, fortunately for us, you know, not having the film and not having the familiarity as far as um, a, a district opponent or someone that we see every year. Um, you know, Coach Rutledge and I, um, Burgess head coach, we, we actually, you know, we go way back. We we worked together at Del Valle for about seven years. And so, you know, fortunately for us, uh, you know, if we, we, we kind of have that sense of familiarity. So um, we know what we're going to get with Burgess. Uh, when we played him uh, for two years back in 16 and, uh, 2016 and 2017, you know, they're a very disciplined football team. They're a team that, uh, that, that plays, um, you know, very much keeps everything in front of them defensively and doesn't give you anything easy. Uh, they limit your explosive plays. So we, we, we understand that. We know that. We know that we're going to have to be patient. Um, and, and so uh, we're coming into the game, understand, having a pretty good idea of what we're going to get from Burgess. Um, and so hopefully that helps us mentally prepare because they are going to take away our big plays. Um, you know, I, I know that about Coach Rutledge. And, and so the, the biggest uh, task for us is going to be patient and give them Letting us take what they give us. Uh, and finally, Coach, um, I want to I want to go back in time. I want to go back to the earlier part of this century, uh, which w- when you were, of course, uh, a star lineman for the UTEP Miners. Oh um, man, yeah. <laughs> you're talking ancient history. Uh, well, right. I'm, I've got I've got some I've got some data up here that uh, you know you were a four year starter there. You're part of that WAC state uh, that WAC conference championship in 2000. Um, it says here that, and this was written in 2002, it says that you could bench press 420. And so I guess my question now is we are, you know, we're 18 years removed from this. How cl- <laughs> right. I, I don't need a number, but how close are we to the 420 right now? <laughs> we are uh, not close, not very close <laughs> at all, Greg. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to try to keep up that that perception. Not at all. No, I'd be I'd be surprised if I could if I could still rep 225. Honestly, I'd be <laughs> I'd be very surprised if I could do that. But um, you know, um, you know, it, it's it is what it is. I try to get in there and stay stay active with the kids. Um, but man, you know, these these kids are. Um, wow. They're they're a lot more, um, they're a lot more athletic than we were in my day, at least <laughs> the way I remember it. And they're they're a lot stronger, man. These kids are putting up some some real numbers, and so, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it if if my numbers are down, but the kids' numbers are up. I'll take that any day. See, but here's the thing, coaches. I'm looking at this photo for, of of you back in 2002, and and what I love, you know, everybody's got everybody wants like the thin pads. That was back in the day of the big shelf. <laughs> You had the big shelf, and I got to tell you, Coach, pretty menacing. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my goal. You know, that, was, that was the intention. I, was trying to, I couldn't do it with with my size, and you know, I was an undersized lineman. I was, you know, six three, six foot three, uh, offensive tackle. You know, that that's that's uh, by today's standards, that that's minuscule. You know, and so I had to do something to, to intimidate the defense. You know, so I put the biggest pads I could find, give me a big old neck roll, and, and let's go. <laughs> you know? he's, he's Ariel Famaligi. He's the head coach of the El Paso Montwood Rams. Make sure you catch their season opener tomorrow night against the Burgess. Against Burgess. Coach, really appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys on the field, and uh, best luck tomorrow. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate that, uh, the opportunity. Anytime. Uh, go Rams. There he goes. Ariel Famaligi, head coach. <laughs> El Paso Montwood.
Look. He's looking at the pads going, like this load is, them up, dude. See, the problem is I don't <laughs> think I can pull this up, and I really should. we should have done this better. But uh, if you Google Coach Family I mean, this is this is one of the photos that comes up. Yeah, I saw that one when yeah, I was getting the photo. We should have used that one, honestly. Yeah, because it's like I thought it's about like it. Just that's very 2002 like <laughs> whack offensive lineman. It's just like you'll love to see I'm it. A, I'm I'm a bad man. I'm a bad bad man. Yeah, four year starter there for Utah. So uh, appreciate Coach Family hopping on <laughs> with us. We're Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Can I say something super quick? Um, uh, if, yeah, I mean, you know, it's free country. Tons of people in the comments are asking our opinions on games. I know we haven't done a mailbag in two weeks, but we will be doing one tomorrow. So, oh, well, now we are. Please I guess. <laughs> send it to the text line. There we go. It's Look, harder I'm, I'm than yeah. <laughs> send it to the text line so that way we can save them and and answer them tomorrow. Please, please. Nine seven two five three two six 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 five nine seven two five three two six 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 five nine seven two five. Damn okay. Nine seven two five three two. Monk. Get those questions in. We'll co- we'll do mailback tomorrow. We'll go for about what? Uh, you're just going to Allen, so you're relatively yeah. local. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can go. We can probably go a full hour. Yeah. Uh, we can go until one tomorrow uh, of of mailbag. So if you have questions that you're not going to be here tomorrow, or you fear you're going to forget, if you have a question right now, send them nine seven two five three two six 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 five. Or if you're on the podcast and you're listening to us, hi nine seven two five three two six 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 five. Text your questions there. We will get to as many as we can tomorrow, time permitting. And now final thoughts. Pickle. Final thoughts on it. I don't love doing this because of what happened last week, but we if we're gonna if we're gonna get back on the horse, we gotta get back on the horse. It's time for free money. No. Free money. Mm-mm. My college football picks against the spread. Okay, did you actually suck last week, or are you doing that thing where you're trying to trick me again? Because oh, I fell for that I'm one. Trick yeah, I I'm not and, falling for that again. I went five and three. That's. Uh, five and three. It's uh, look. Decent. You get you give me five and three every week. Give me five and three every week. Promise me five and three every week. I'll do it. I'll take it right now. Five and three. Pretty good. Uh, a couple of very very big games this week. Uh, in fact, there are there's an eight game slate. Unless any of these have been canceled that I don't know about. I haven't been on Twitter in fifteen seconds. But um, so I believe they're all still on as of okay. Now. I could be wrong. Eight games. Most of them out of state. Uh, or West, just out-of-state opponents, really. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, f- four of them, was that right? One. No, I'm sorry, two, we only have seven games. I lied. Three, there's seven games, and there's f- and half more than half of them four, are out-of-state. Yeah. West Virginia, Alabama, Alabama, and Kansas. But we will start at 11 a.m. in the capital. Yes, down in good old Austin, Texas. TCU heads down to take on number nine, Texas, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Texas favored by 13 at home. Yeah, really good line. Really good line. Because I think that this is, I think this is, I think this is spot on. Um, Because if you were to ask me, like, Texas, TCU, gut feeling, don't show me the line, I would say, Texas by 10 to 14? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's my initial reaction. Uh, So, one of the big concerns I have suddenly for TCU is the defense. Yeah, did not look Which super strong. Which is weird. Strong. Didn't look super sharp against against uh, Iowa State. And by the way... That's unusual. Here's a hot take. Texas's offense is better than Iowa State's. Now, I also think 
that Texas's defense leaves something to be desired, especially through the air. And so this is going to be the big question for TCU is obviously the the the, the quarterback spot is is up for up for grabs. I would think that they are going to turn to uh, Baldwin this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, uh, or I'm sorry, Max Duggan, Baldwin, Max Duggan. I would think that they are going to give him um, the 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 reins and I and let him get the start. They looked better with Max Duggan in there. I don't think yeah. I don't think Matt Downing embarrassed himself, but I think they looked no. better with Max Duggan in there. There was like a sense of familiarity almost with, right. with Duggan being in there. Right, exactly. Uh, and so the thing for me is that I am very I'm very wary of TCU coming off of a loss mm-hmm. because I think that they are a team that um they're a team that probably heard about it all week about how you guys, you know, gave gave one away. I'm going to go with TCU plus 13. I'm going to go with a double digit road dog here. I think they're able to keep this thing to about 10, something like 44 34, yeah. something like that. I think Texas's Texas defense is going to have to play better yes. though. Oh, absolutely. Like, far better. Absolutely. I think they're going to have to play better. I like TCU plus 13. I think that it's really close, though. Like, this is a really good line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like 10 or 14 in my mind, and I'm going to go with the 10 because I believe in the Gary Patterson bounce-back effect. I'm going to go with TCU plus 13. What's next, Ashley? Up next, going to one of those out-of-state games you talked about, Baylor heading over to West Virginia, 11 a.m. Saturday. Baylor favored by three on the country road. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's right. That's <laughs> no, go on. No, mm-mm. no. By all means, please mm-mm. please continue. No. Um, okay, we'll save that for. So, for West if Virginia. you're unfamiliar with with West Virginia, uh, West Virginia is one and one on the year, and what I think is that for Baylor, they looked really. Again, it's it's like hard to read that first game because like so much of it was like determined by one guy in Tristan Ebner. Now Tristan mm-hmm. Ebner will play again in this game, and he's going to be fantastic. Uh, but I do think w- what I want to see Baylor do is, especially in the secondary, tighten things up. Because yes. last week, even against Kansas, Kansas was get, able to get a little bit of passing game going. They just didn't have they got as much passing game as they have going, right? Which is just not much. West Virginia is going to have a much better receiving game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrett Dagey, remember him? Yeah. He's their quarterback. They got a great wide receiver core in Winston Wright and T.J. Simmons. The question is going to be on the defensive side for West Virginia, who looked okay. Last week. It looked like they needed to still figure some stuff out. They need to figure a couple of things out, but they, they looked okay. Um, th- West Virginia's offensive line's got to hold up. That's going to be a big question in this one. This is another very good line. Mm-hmm. It's Baylor on the road. It's a long road trip. Um, it's an early start on the East Coast. And even with... So it's like, technically 10 a.m. body clock. Yeah, and even with capacity, like worries there west virginia still gets really loud yeah it does. they're a rowdy bunch yeah, you think they care about coronavirus no no absolutely not Not in west virginia they don't i'm gonna be a homer for the state of texas and i'm gonna say baylor goes and wins it by seven but i think that that game's really close i think vegas man vegas got some nailed some really good lines this week um i'm gonna take baylor minus three i'm gonna take a road favorite uh, to go on the road and win it would not be a surprise though especially this is going to be a 
the Baylor's defense, oh, I'm sorry, West Virginia's defense significantly better than mm-hmm. Baylor's. And so if Baylor's Baylor's non-Treston Ebner making giant plays offense is scuffling still, yeah. this game could get problematic for them. But I'm going to take Baylor. I like Baylor minus three uh, to win this game. What is next, Ashley? All right, we're going over for some CUSA action. UTSA at UAB, 11.30 a.m. Saturday. Um, the Blazers favored by 20 and a half over there in uh, Birmingham. Yeah, so first of all, uh, shouts to you, Vegas, for not believing in them, uh, them roadrunners. Yeah, they basically like, what said, in the heck, guys? Nope. I mean, this is an undefeated um, UTSA team, and they're just like, nah, you're not any good. Um, now, I do think UAB is is pretty is pretty good. Like they yeah. looked They're great a last week. Team in they looked great against uh, like they struggled against Central Arkansas, and then they and then they 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 got beaten down by Miami. But the last week in South Alabama, in a team that I think is a I mean Central Arkansas is in a weight class, but like a team that's much more than a weight class, they looked great. Um, passing game is very strong for them. Um, and that's going to be a big problem for UTSA because their secondary uh, has been um, pretty poor, pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryson Lucero, the quarterback for UAB, is pretty solid. For UTSA, a big question is going to be what the offense looks like, who starts at quarterback, right? We don't know. I don't know the, the status of Frank Harris. He left the game last week with an injury. Josh Atkins, I think, came in and, and looked solid, did solid. More importantly, they've got Sincere McCormick. But the biggest issue for me is that this is a UTSA team whose secondary has not been tested, and when they have been tested, they have not looked great. Going up against a Going up against veteran a team quarterback. That does throw the ball well at, at, at home, right? At home. That said, 20 and a half too rich for my blood, man. 20 and a half too rich. That's too much. 17 makes this really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Twenty and a half. I feel like I feel like UTSA is going to be able to keep this thing relatively close. That's a blowout. Twenty points a blow. Oh yeah. I don't think UTSA is getting blown out. I'm going to take UTSA plus twenty and a half. I'm going to take the road double digit dog. Um, I think they're able to uh, to keep this thing. Like I said, I think they lose between fourteen and seventeen, but right. I don't think yeah, this tw- is. Yeah. A- when I wrote that down, I was like, man, that's really high. Right. I don't think that's that's what I'm going with. So I'm going to go with um, UTSA plus twenty and a half. What's next, Ashley? All right. Some SEC action as the Fighting Texas Aggies head up to take on the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. 2.30 p.m. Saturday, Bama favored by 16 and a half at home. So, large game. I don't know if you heard about this. Large game. I've never heard of either of these um, teams, actually. And look. So, Alabama, in their opener against Missouri, did what they should do against bad teams. And I think Missouri's pretty. Uh, I think Missouri's a mediocre team. Mm-hmm. Um, they did what they did, which is just really kind of pick them apart. Um, this is a team that two teams that had different openers. Mm-hmm. Alabama, I think, comes away going on the road, getting a pretty emphatic, like much more lopsided than the score indicates score or uh, win over Missouri. Ran the ball well. Uh, 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 Mac Jones, the quarterback, was solid. The defense was excellent. It was all over people, right? Going up against A&M, and the big question is, is what we saw from A&M the norm or a week one thing? Right. And and what I wish, what I wish we would have here is like A&M against like 
Mississippi State. Yes. Someone or someone who, who is a lot more average in the SEC not as Vanderbilt. opposed to, although they just knocked off LSU, as opposed <laughs> to like Alabama, like the team to beat arguably in the country. Apologies to Clemson, right? Like that's what's problematic about this is that they're going from playing the, like pretty much consensus worst team in the SEC in Vanderbilt, uh, maybe, maybe Arkansas, at least the worst team in the East, to going and playing the gold standard, right? So, the the offense for for A and M is a big problem. Last week, um, turnovers, penalties they they could not convert a third down. Just seventeen points. It was ugly. It was ugly. I thought the defense played pretty well. Okay, and the defense playing pretty well is why I'm going to take A and M plus sixteen and a half. I think they're going to be able to keep this thing relatively low scoring. B. I want to be clear. I think a, Alabama wins this game, but I think it's going to be something along the lines like thirty four twenty. Something like that, um, where Alabama, you know, does enough. Maybe A&M uh, scores a late garbage time touchdown. This is a, basically they're saying, is A&M going to lose by three scores? Mm-hmm. I think their defense is good enough to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm going to take A&M plus 16 and a half. I just keep this thing within three scores. I'm not saying they win, okay? Again, I think they lose 10 to 14 points, but... I do think they go on the road and they keep this thing close. That's what I'm saying. So I don't think this is a blowout. I think A&M keeps this thing close. What's next, Pickle? I would not have guessed that. Um, number 25. Oh, really? You thought I was going to take Alabama? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, number 25. You're welcome to make your picks, too. Memphis at SMU, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. Memphis favored by three as the road team. Yeah, so SMU road dog. I'm sorry, home dog. Home, home dog. dog. To the number twenty-five team in the country. Oh, home dog. Um, <laughs> this is this is the uh, the the uh, a conference game. So obviously pretty critical here uh, for um, for both teams. Memphis is a team that has only played one game. They've only played one game. Um, now they have been you know they 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 they've lost the last couple of weeks due to COVID issues. Uh, they are a team that. When they've been on the field, they've looked good. They've looked really good, and they look like a team that that maybe is arguably the the, the team to beat in the in in, in the American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember when they played last year, this was fifty four forty eight Memphis in a wild back and forth. Didn't they go into overtime? Uh, or maybe no. I think it was just no. I think it was just shy of it. I think SMU was like throwing for the end zone. We were we were wanting yes. overtime because we're like this is a great yes. game. Yes. Um, SMU has been playing extremely well, mm-hmm. okay? SMU's been playing extremely well, and they're get them at home, and you're going to give me a couple points. I'm going to take SMU. I think I think this is a field goal game either way. Mm-hmm. I think this is a field goal game either way. So I'm going to take SMU plus three. I would have taken whoever gave, gave me points, right. basically, in this one, because I think that this is a really evenly matched game. The question for me is going to be, can... Can they get the balance of the offense going? Can both Ulysses Bentley and TJ McDaniel get going? And can Shane Bouchelle get going? If they get going, you could see a repeat of what you saw last year, mm-hmm. right? But the, Because here's one of the problems for SMU is that their secondary has been... I mean, remember what happened against right. North Texas. North Texas kind of picked them apart. And I think that's the thing is it's a really good measuring stick game because we've seen SMU just straight up do exactly what they needed to do against teams mm-hmm. that they've played. But this one is more, much this more is a, even The degree of difficulty increases. Yeah. Here. I'm going to take SMU plus three at home. I'm gonna, if you give me a home dog, I'm going to take it. So I'm going to take SMU plus three. What's next, Pickle? 
Up next, back to the Big 12 we go as Texas Tech heads over to Kansas State, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. K-State favored by two and a half in Manhattan. Yeah. This w- one is interesting. So, so here's what you've got. After last week, at least. You have two teams that have... Okay, you've got Kansas State. Kansas State has a terrible result on their books when they lost to Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. They also have an oh. elite <laughs> result on their books yeah. when they beat oh, Oklahoma. You. So I don't know what in the hell they are. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, on one hand, this was a team that, because, like, the big reason they won last week was they... Um, was, their little wide receiver so went off. Their, their secondary... Their secondary is boomer bust, okay? Because their secondary got picked apart by Arkansas State, and they gave up a fair amount of yards to Spencer Rattler, but they also picked off three passes, okay? They are a boomer bust secondary. Um, going up against Texas Tech, that look kind of on the other side of it. The offense has not been a problem, I would say. The offense has been pretty good. The question is going to be, you know, the the. The, the Texas Tech is a team that has a pretty decent running game. Sir Roderick Thompson, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They've got to have that balance, right? So that they can help to pick apart this vulnerable, I would say, Kansas State defense. They should be able to bomb away on them. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball a fair bit in this game. The question is going to be, like, which secondary can hold serve? Mm-hmm. Which secondary can come up with this one or two stops? Um... I do think that Kansas State's playmaking ability in the secondary, beyond uh, uh, adding into the fact that they're at home, coming off of a big win, while Texas Tech is coming off of what has to be just a gut-wrenching loss. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of the intangibles in a close game like this, minus 2.5, I'm going to take Kansas State minus 2.5 at home. I think they're going to be able to, 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 to win this game by a field goal. I like Kansas State minus two and a half. That's what made the pick so much harder, too, is the fact that they're in Manhattan. Even when Kansas State is just god-awful, they'll win those random games up there. Yes. Um, all right. What's last? And finally, our 6 p.m. night game, Southern Miss at North Texas, 6 p.m. or 6.30 on Saturday. Mean Green favored by one and a half at home. All right. Let's talk about these two teams. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Both these teams, their defenses are the pits. Oh, yeah. They stink. Terrible. Okay? that As much as we've been crapping on North Texas for giving up 65 to SMU, Southern Miss gave up 66 to Tulane last week. This defense stinks. Okay? Both these defenses stink. The question is going to be, A, who can come up with a couple of plays? And B... Which offense can take advantage of them? Now, this is an offense in Southern Miss that still has one of the best quarterbacks in the in the nation, mm-hmm. in Jack Abraham. I love Jack Abraham. That's mm-hmm. at, 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 at there. I think he's gonna he's gonna be able to cook. But I also think, look, I'm also a believer in this North Texas offense. I think, um, I think, you know, it sounds like. I mean, we don't even know what their quarterback situation is like. They've kind of gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be Is it gonna be Oni? I think it's leaning heavier towards Bean. Towards Bean, okay. But I don't know. So, <laughs> they are 
this is they they both well whoever's throwing the ball will have Jalen Darden and that's that's a big thing mm-hmm. and they'll be able they, they they should be able to run the ball against a team that cannot stop the run mm-hmm. that's the thing for North Texas in my mind is that their secondary stinks their front seven that's ah, fine it's okay for for Southern Miss all of it stinks. And maybe that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe the difference is being at home. Maybe the difference is coming up with one or two stops uh, and, and being able to have that offensive balance that's going to be able to put them over the top. I'm going to take North Texas minus one and a half. Um, I think they win this game at home by about a field goal. Um, a lot of good lines this week. But uh, yeah. I'm going to take North Texas to get a win. So I'm going to go with TCU plus 13 at Texas. I'm going to go Baylor minus three at West Virginia. I like UTSA plus 20 and a half at UAB. I like A&M plus 16 and a half at Alabama. I like SMU plus three at home against Memphis. I like Kansas State minus two and a half at home against Texas Tech. And I like North Texas minus one and a half at home against Southern Miss. That is free money. And now we go to Ashley Pickle. For America's second favorite segment, final thoughts? Uh, real fast, Lau brought up a really good point that I forgot about, that uh, ACU is playing the troops of Army this weekend. Ah, yes, that's right. ACU's playing the troops. Uh, the troops are going to romp. Yeah, but I just think go that troops. that's... Yeah. Go troops. Go troops. <laughs> I, don't, then, I don't say that with any sort of disrespect towards Heavenly Christian, but <laughs> you guys know I support the troops. Most importantly, I support the triple option. What's yes. Um, do you want to state your question from the pre-show one more time? Because we did have a winner for the uh, coasters. Uh, yes. So for the coasters, the question was, what coach was our guest on the um, on the show two years ago today? And the answer to that question was Rodney Southern uh, and still coach. Tony Blaylock. Congratulations! You're gonna get shipped some coasters. All right, Tony. I will drop these coasters in the mail for you if you will text us your address. Do you have the address? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. We'll drop these in the mail. Um, yeah, you got anything else? Uh, no, just remember if you're watching the podcast, text the uh, text line if you have any questions for tomorrow. 972-532-6665. Text us your questions for Mailbag Friday tomorrow. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbell's, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Ariel Famaligi of the El Paso Montwood Rams for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.